Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts, and today is part two of this sermon called What is Missing? And you know, so many of us, we are so busy in life. We miss what Jesus said, the one thing that is necessary. Well, friends, we're going to find that out today. If you missed part one, get my free mobile app, Awaken to Grace, wherever you get your favorite apps, and listen to the first part of this sermon with us. Oh, friends, we love to grow together in God's Word, and I hope you are growing spiritually because everything we create at Awaken to Grace is designed for your spiritual growth. Find out more by going to my website, awakenedtograce.com. Well, let's get to God's Word together today in part two of What is Missing? Christ lives in our hearts. As a matter of fact, the Scripture says, dwells in our hearts through faith. That word dwells is a significant Greek word. Do you know what the word means? It literally means to make someone, it means for someone to make themselves at home. Think about that. It means to settle in and to feel comfortable as though you are at home. Now, isn't that something else? Do you have that kind of relationship with Christ? That He is comfortable within your heart? He is so settled into your lifestyle that Christ is comfortable around the things that you do daily? That Christ is comfortable around your daily decisions? That Christ is comfortable around your hobbies. Christ is comfortable around your friends. Christ is comfortable around your language. Christ is comfortable around your daily routines and decisions. For Christ to dwell in our hearts means that Christ wants to make himself at home and comfortable in our daily lives. Oh, what a fault. Martha welcomed Jesus to her house. And what you do when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, not a religious figure, I mean the Lord and Savior of your life, do you know what you're doing? You are welcoming Christ into your daily decisions, into your daily life. What a beautiful thing to do. And so Martha, this large and in-charge personality, invites Jesus. Now, verse 39 says that she had a sister called Mary. Mary was far different than Martha. Those of you that are raising children right now, I read somewhere one time, and it really answered a key question for me. As I have counseled so many people and so many families, because a large 
chunk of pastoral ministry is family counseling. I've always found it head-scratching how one set of parents can raise siblings and they grow up in the same home with the same environment, the same values, the same expectations, the same rules, all consistent across the board, but yet they turn out completely different. Have you ever wondered the same? How does that happen? And Dr. Kevin Lehman helped me understand why that happens. He said it would be unnatural to look at a tree and every limb face one direction. It just wouldn't be natural. But a healthy tree, limbs grow opposite directions. That's why our children are so different. Isn't that interesting? Mary was so different than Martha. And what the scriptures note about Mary is that, note two things about her. She was sitting at the Lord's feet. Isn't that interesting? She was sitting. And number two, she was listening to his teachings. I want you just to note those two phrases in the text. She sat at his feet. She listened to his teaching. Now, there's some major cultural things happening right now in the text. Women were not known to do this. Jesus was accepting Mary as a pupil, as a disciple, which means a follower of Jesus. In these days, it was more so the place of men to do this, but no, Jesus tore down so many of those walls. Amen? The early church elevated the position of women like nothing else in human history. Don't ever let someone critical of the Scriptures tell you that the Bible is anti-women. It's simply not true. Scripture in a Roman world elevated women to an enormous degree and always has. So Mary is sitting She's listening. And now look what happens. Verse number 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Oh, now I want you to watch this. Martha was distracted with much serving. Whereas Mary was sitting and listening, Martha was distracted and serving. Note the sharp contrast in the two sisters. Hmm. Martha, serving. Now, was Martha wrong in her serving? No, and I'm going to prove that to you biblically. I'm going to show you definitively that she was not wrong because of her personality, and she wasn't wrong for the way that God had wired her. She wasn't wrong for expressing her incredible, incredible strength of hospitality. 
Where Martha was wrong was in this one word. Distracted. That's where she was wrong. And there are many of us today that we check many boxes spiritually. But if the Lord drilled down on where we are spiritually today, one word would dominate, and it's the word distracted. Distracted. Perhaps you're here today, and you are in great need of God to give you clarity. Perhaps you are in need of God to fill your tank today. Some of you go on fumes all week long. Some of you live life absolutely exhausted, anxious, and troubled about many things. Many of you are going into the holiday season tired before it really even gets here. What do you need, Martha? What do you need? We're going to see it crystal clear in the text today. Some of you, you're a great blessing to this church. Because there are many of you that we could not operate at the level we do if you were not serving at the capacity with which you serve. And some of you are all about serving. And you live for it and you breathe it in and out. And I I love that about you. Many of you work full-time jobs, and many of you uh, just do so much, even within your home. But yet, when you come to God's house, your mentality is, how may I serve? God bless you. Thank you. But don't overlook the one thing necessary. So, I'm preaching... To me today, as well as to you. I'm preaching to me today who would rather do something than be somewhere. And when I say be somewhere, you know what I mean, right? Present. In the room. In the moment. I'm preaching to people like me today who would rather do than to be who would rather stay busy and active than sit and listen. Are there any people like me in the room today? Three of us. That's great. Awesome. Okay. Well. (laughs) Now look what Martha does next. Martha is going to be so fed up with the situation because she's distracted with much serving. It bothers her. And she's finally going to say something about it. You know, I think to myself, if I were Martha, how would I act in this situation? Uh, Let me tell you what I picture in my mind. I picture like a typical home of this time. It would have been very small but yet families lived together. I picture the kitchen being very small. And you know back then you have guests over, you don't just jump in the car and run to Walmart. So for her to prepare the food, I mean, come on guys, we're talking about Jesus and his disciples. 
Can you imagine feeding all those men? And here she invites Jesus and his crew over. And now all of the pressure and all of the weight falls on Martha's shoulders. And Jesus is sitting in, I guess, what would be their living room. And where is your sister sitting at his feet while you're trying to pull everything together? I picture, what would I do in that situation? I'll tell you what I would do. I would bang the pots really loud. I would swing the door open and I would slam it shut. I would walk around right where Jesus is teaching and I would stomp a little bit and I would huff a lot. I would carry things that probably weren't too heavy, but I would huff like they are heavy. And I would make a lot of commotion. I thought about that. I thought people who are distracted in life, they're usually loud and making commotion for others. It's people who are distracted spiritually who complain the most about the way the church is ran. It's people who are distracted spiritually who will say, well, that's not how we did it at the church I came from. Distracted people cause a lot of commotion. I would want to have been noticed. I would have want someone to say something. And so finally, Martha goes from being distracted to being demanding. She approaches the Lord. And look what she says. Do you not care That I, that my sister has left me to serve alone? And the way I read Luke's gospel is she didn't even give Jesus time to answer. Tell her then to help me. Can't you hear her now? And what did Jesus say? Martha, Martha. Can't you hear his tone? You are anxious and troubled about cooking and cleaning, about many things. No, Martha, this goes deeper than cooking. This goes deeper than today. You know, people who are distracted often mask what's really going on in their life with busyness. You are anxious. You are troubled about many things. How many today would that describe our lives? Now, Jesus says, but one thing is necessary. One thing. Mary has chosen the good portion, the part that will not be taken away from her. And then Luke Changes gears. What happened, Luke? Did Martha sit down and listen? Did Mary get up and serve? What? Tell me the rest of the story. Go to John 11. Jesus come to love this family. 
this home became an oasis for him. When we come to John 11, Lazarus has died. I believe he was the baby of the family. I find it interesting that John notes for us, and I believe the Holy Spirit is indicating some things. It was Martha, the server, the type A, the firstborn, who ran to meet Jesus. Whereas John says, Mary stayed seated in the house. Isn't that interesting? Nothing changed in their personalities. See, remember, church, Jesus did not rebuke Martha. He aligned her, okay? He refocused her. He reprioritized her, but he did not rebuke her, nor did he rebuke Mary. And then when Martha, in verses 19 and 20, went to tell Mary privately that Jesus was here, do you know what Martha calls Jesus? Not rabbi, not Lord, not master. She calls him, the teacher is here. Why do you suppose, she said, teacher? I just felt like the Holy Spirit told me this morning. Because Martha sat down and listened to the teachings of Jesus. What was once what was once a dispute, what was once a point of contention between the sisters, she told her privately, I believe that saying became a precious and a cherished thing between them. Then when you go to John chapter 12, oh, let me tell you the rest of the story. So Lazarus has been dead for four days. Jesus loved this family so much. When Jesus goes to the tomb, he wept. Now, scholars debate back and forth. Did Jesus weep because of their lack of faith? Did he weep because he, he felt, humanity speaking, what death does? It could have been a mixture of both, in my opinion. I find it interesting the scriptures say that when Mary wept, Jesus was moved with compassion. He wept because he loved them, Luke eleven five. 5. Then Jesus comes to the grave and he says for the stone to be rolled away. It wasn't Mary that spoke up. It was Martha, Martha. Martha, who's large and in charge. And Martha says, but Lord, he's been dead for four days. Surely there's an odor. And Mary said, Martha, what did I tell you? If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. And they rolled the stone away. Jesus prayed and thanked the Father for hearing him and thanked the Father for what he was about to do. And the scriptures say with a loud voice, he cried, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of the grave. What was once dead, now alive. Amen. Amen. Now go to John 12, 
verse 2. And if you read John 12, I want you to note the harmony that is now in the home. Now Jesus, six days before Passover, six days before he's going to die on the cross, he goes to Lazarus' home, to Martha's home, to Mary's home in Bethany for one last visit. And they throw a dinner party. And guess who is serving? None other than Martha, Martha. And is there any chiding? Is there any correcting? Is there any rebuking? Is there any aligning? No. No. I believe Mary well learned how to prioritize what was missing. Martha, rather, sorry. Martha's serving, and Mary brings out the precious ointment and anoints the body of the Lord. Lazarus is reclining at the dinner table, and the scriptures say that more people turned out to see Lazarus than Jesus because his testimony was so powerful. What's the point today, brothers and sisters? It may be that you excel at serving. It may be that like Martha, you are quite gifted in activity, in hospitality, in going, in doing. But it might be that what's missing for you is the one thing, the priority, the one thing that is necessary, and that is to feed your soul. For what good that day was physical nourishment without spiritual nourishment. And when you evaluate your life and you inventory your weeks, it might be that they are so filled with doing, but so little sitting and listening to the Lord. Do you know what you need today, brothers and sisters? Do you know what I need today? It's to sit and to listen. Oh, there's a time to serve. There's a place to serve. But let us do the one thing necessary. Let's bow our heads today. Are you in need today of clarity from God? Are you in need of questions? You need God to answer? Let me tell you where you'll find it. Sitting and listening. Are you in need of peace in your life? You're not going to find it by frantically going. You're going to find it by sitting and listening. Martha's, we must make it priority. We have to get out of the kitchen and sit at Jesus' feet. Why don't you begin it now? Why don't you start now? Humbling yourself and say, Jesus, teach me what it is to sit, to listen. Teach me the one thing missing.
Take Awakened to Grace with you on the go. When you download Awakened to Grace on your device, you will have access to hundreds of resources we create all for free. Sermons, music, articles, and more. Download Awakened to Grace wherever you get your favorite apps.